The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so thrilled you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I am Sandy Scarlatta, America's happiness coach, author of Happiness Solved. I'm also a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach. I have a gold medal in ice dancing. I've been a certified life coach since 2004, and I've been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. I am so excited to share that my next book is coming out soon. I am a co-author in the fastest growing personal development book series in the world with Jim Lutz and Jim Britt. The really cool thing is that the foreword was written by the one and only Les Brown, and for my copies, I'm on the cover with him. If you would like a free copy when it's available, email me at sandy at sandyscarlotta.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so grateful for you. Today's guest is Tara Galliano, a certified sex therapist. Tara's clients come to her because sexuality has impacted their life in some way. Now, to be clear, Tara says that sex is the act and sexuality is part of who you are. So even though her title is sex therapist, she counsels people on the exploration of sexuality. This is such an important conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Tara. How are you today? It's so great to see you. Oh, I, I'm such a I'm such a happy person to be here today. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I only, only happy people are allowed. <laughs> Yay! That's great. Because <laughs> we gotta we gotta spread the the word that you know there's things you can do in your life to make things happier. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and we're going to talk about one of those today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So I want to hear about your story. How did you become, well, I want to hear all your stories, like how you got to where you are today, but, 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 but lead it into how you became a sex therapist. Well, I love it. Yeah. So, you know, as a child, I didn't dream about becoming a sex therapist. I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> And that what I did dream about was I dreamed about um, teaching people language and really getting some precision into their vocabulary. And, and literally, I would have dreams about this. And I was teaching Shakespeare. And then when I had the opportunity to become an educator, 
I did teach English and I loved it. And then what I found out was Shakespeare and uh, Beowulf were all getting in the way of me actually learning more about my students who were, I was teaching at an adult education program, who were teenage moms, who were students who needed to go to work full time because they needed to support their family. They were grandmas who wanted to get their diploma before their grandchild. So really interesting characters. And I thought, I need to know more about them. And I want to understand this process of understanding who they are, how best to help them. And then I got certified as, well, then I got uh, I went back to graduate school and I got my master's degree in psychology because my undergraduate had been in humanities and literature. And so I love hearing stories. It's the story that yeah. compelled me. And then after I got out of graduate school, all of my clients wanted to speak about sex and sexuality. And I had zero courses on human sexuality in my graduate studies. And I needed to go back to school and get um, certified as a sexologist and then I got certified as a sex therapist and that's kind of how it began so it wasn't that I grew up in a sex positive household and I was chatty Cathy talking about sex and sexuality to all my friends it was quite the opposite of that so yeah so this was a stretch but I felt so honored that people would be so vulnerable and share such uh, intimate experiences with me that I just thought okay I just need to get up to speed to be able to receive them so that's what I did yeah, because I can imagine, I mean, I was one who was in therapy for many, many years, so I know how it works. And 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 I've taken, you know, multiple psychology classes in college as well. And you don't go into that in those classes. Like, I don't recall ever reading anything. Now, granted, you know, I think I only took three psychology classes, but still, like, they don't talk about it. And people don't talk no. about it. It's it's something that yeah. people. So why? Let's let's start there. Why is it that people don't want to talk about sex? Now, me and my girlfriends, my you know, we're close friends. I mean, I don't know how we talk about. I mean, we don't go into details, but we, you know, it's a it's an open conversation kind of thing. You know? Great, thank goodness. Right, <laughs> but but why is it that so many people don't want to talk about sex? What is I mean that. I, I, I think that's a great question because I ponder this because I come back to my own dream of teaching people a language and that's what I do. What I find is that oftentimes we just don't have the words to describe our anatomy, our experiences, our desires, our fantasies. And because we don't have the words, then we can't build a common language with our lovers. And we were oftentimes, I would say for most of us, Modeled. Not, nobody modeled how to have sex-positive conversations about what pleasures you, what pleases you, how do you experience orgasm, or how do you experience what it is that you desire. And so what we do have is we have pornography, which is just one lens, but it's an incomplete lens because it's only one story of what could be. And yet we all kind of live into that dream because it's in the you know, ethos that we live in. And, and then there needs to be something more. There needs to be the landing of healthy sex and sexuality that actually we have a language for. So what I find is that most people just don't feel comfortable talking about it because nobody ever talked to them about it. What they got in terms of education, if they got education, was don't do it. 
if you do it, be smart, protect yourself, and don't get an STI, don't get pregnant. And so it's really a lot of not really favorable conversations. It's not really sexy conversation, and it's not really enticing conversation. So how, how would we know, right? And how would we be able to speak what it is that we desire? How would we have comfort with that? I love how you equated teaching language to being a sex therapist because you started making me think, well, yeah, it is its own language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are always talking about languages of love, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the epitome of the language of love. If yeah. it's coming from a place of love, you know. Yes. If it's coming from a place of love and that oftentimes, yeah, I, I just think we just don't know. And then there's an expectation that we place upon ourselves or we, we place upon our lover that we should know, that we should know what we desire. We should know what pleases us. And oftentimes we just don't know because we haven't had the experience because we don't have fluency in talking about what it is that we desire. And then we don't have the ability to really listen to what it is our lover wants as well. And that language is a really critical part of that and that our own comfort creates the fluency that we can have these conversations how much is feeling safe with your partner like how how critical is that because i would imagine that that would be a huge thing is that you have to feel safe yeah right mm-hmm. and- I, I agree i agree yeah i mean i would say that's a huge factor and I work primarily with heterosexual couples and that the women in those couples are oftentimes saying that they don't feel safe or they want to feel safer or they don't know how to feel safer or maybe they're not even clear that they don't feel safe but that's what eventually is uncovered and not that the men don't feel that as well but I'd say by and large most of the women at least of the ones who are coming to therapy to see me are saying they don't feel safe and you must feel safe with your partner in order to achieve higher levels of pleasure. That you feel unsafe, like, well, that's never a place to begin because your nervous system then is all amped up and you need to be in a relaxed state in order to receive pleasure and experience pleasure. You need to be in your parasympathetic nervous system and not in your sympathetic nervous system. That it's not how we're wired. Wow, that's that's really interesting. So, so you get started. I mean, is there, is there any time when you're talking to people that you start to giggle? Cause like, <laughs> I would probably, <laughs> I know it's a silly question, but I know for me, if I had even a client of mine that I coach start one and I, I would just start laughing. Like, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I have gotten that question quite a bit recently. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting cause I've been doing this now over 20 years and I think, it's been a long time since I've giggled. Um, maybe I might giggle with my lover, but it's not in a professional sense. Right. But professionally, I feel like, no, because our sexuality as humans is so vast. It's like there's so many desires. There's so many ways to express this feeling of love, of eros, that there, there are no silly ways. It's just the way that is repressed that is the way that really needs to be worked on or needs to be looked at or needs to be examined. But most of the expressions of love, especially when they're consensual, are powerful and beautiful. So I, I just always in awe with people, uh, what people are able to share. So yeah, I love it. No giggles here. <laughs> 
Well, and also um, you're, it's a professional thing and, and I'm just, yes. Can't, you, I don't know what I don't know. And I just can't imagine having those conversations. So kudos to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's true for all of us. It's like, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage and bravery to step into the field of sexuality and work with a sexual empowerment coach or work with a sex therapist because I find that we're really then on the edge of, oh, this is a lot of discomfort. And then to be doing it with somebody that you're in a relationship with, it, the stakes always feel high. Um, so it's, I, I really get that, that it's an uncomfortable place and that it's a courageous place and there's such bravery there and it's so necessary to transform this world because what I find is that so many of us are desiring deeper levels of intimacy and intimacy is about really being seen and seeing your beloved and that requires a sense of vulnerability that is huge and I want to go back to um, the feeling safe because yeah yeah, I just thought of a couple more questions. So when you have a woman that says to you that she doesn't feel safe, is is her partner in the room with you or is this on a one-on-one session? Because how, how does that other person respond, like in your experience or what you've seen? Yeah, so, so there's many different levels of safe. So in my vetting process, when I'm doing initial consultation with clients, it's Domestic violence is a level of safety that it's okay. If, if that is present, then they're not ready to do the work that I offer. They have other work that needs to be amended before they can get to where I'm at. And so this quality of feeling safe within the realm of the work that I do and reaching for more pleasure and sexual empowerment is an emotional quality. I would say it's a psychological quality. Some may say it's a spiritual or psychic quality. And that it can be uncomfortable for the partner to receive that information. I'm like, oh, ah, what do I do that, you know, makes me a perpetrator or makes you feel unsafe? I mean, it, not that they are a perpetrator, but right. we can interpret those words in all sorts of ways. And right. some of us, you know, we, we escalate to the worst case scenario uh, because we feel badly that our beloved would feel that way in our presence. And sometimes it's personal because it's something that, the person in that relationship is doing. And then sometimes it's not personal. It happened way before the that relationship and it's only able to be expressed in this relationship because they actually feel safe enough to say, I don't feel safe. Wow. That's a really good Which point. Which is a paradox. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because I would imagine in many circumstances, you know, women may have had something happen in their childhood or, and they still have, they have unresolved issues that, they're carrying into their, their partnership. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what is a, what is one way that, that someone can um, work on if they're, you know, if they're listening to this, and say, Oh, you know, I, I want one thing. What can I do on my own to help me feel safe? Yes. Uh-huh. So there's many different things that one can do. And I, I like that this speaking, right? Speaking your truth. And one thing that I would have women do, in particular women, is to look at a mirror and begin to say the things that they would want to say to their partner or their beloved 
and are unable to say. But because they're getting the words, right, they're able to speak them out loud, they're able to identify, okay, that is true for me. I can hear those words, that resonates as true. They're using their voice, so they're activating a powerful center within themselves, and then they can begin to imagine themselves saying that to their partner. That is a really powerful activity, is to say the words out loud, to hear themselves speak that, and to resonate with that is true. That is my truth. Mm, and then they can, then they can visualize. Yes. Actually happening. <laughs> Correct. Uh -huh, yeah. They can visualize it. They can begin to imagine it. Yeah. And that's really powerful, especially when it comes to safety. The other part of that is if they already feel safe and they've said that they don't feel safe because there's residual effects where they don't feel safe or they want to feel safer then they can begin to explore how they might feel safer and begin to explore the areas of pleasure that they know within themselves that is their edge that they would like to share with their partner. Because oftentimes what I hear from a lot of people who are coming to sex therapy is they masturbate or they self-pleasure and they know that experience of intimacy with themselves. But to share that with a partner is kind of like, oh, that's my edge because it's something that they personally do, whether it is a fantasy or a behavior or a gesture or an act or an outfit or a persona. So many elements of sexuality that we might repress in the presence of our partner, but we experience, okay, by ourselves. And so that would be the edge of what are you willing to express? How can you push the envelope a little bit further and feel more safety by actually increasing your own capacity to be vulnerable by being vulnerable. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So, so important. So what would you say to someone, you know, who, you know, comes to you, they, they need some help with their, their relationship and, and how often are people equating it to their happiness? Mm, that is a great question. Yeah, because what I see in the work that I do is that by and large, most of the couples who are coming to see me would say that they were happy. They're married to their best friend. They're living together as roommates. And so there's that piece. But they're happy roommates. Like they coexist together on a mundane level effortlessly. They pay the bills. They raise the kids. They have a house. They have this domestic partnership that's somewhat blissful and yet there's this element of I don't want to rock the boat because I'm not having orgasms with my partner because I'm maybe having them by myself or maybe I'm not having them at all and we're just not sharing that level of intimacy and what I find is that when people go through the process of sex therapy or sexual empowerment coaching they actually elevate the quality of their uh, their relationship to, I would say, ecstatic. It's like, oh, we didn't know we could be this happy. But I'd say, by and large, most of them are coming in with this level of we feel kind of happy with each other or we feel satisfied, but we know that there's more. Can you show us the way? Wow. That's just, ah. Uh, I mean, because there's so many marriages end up like that and they end up walking away, right? Yes. Yeah. And they don't take that... You know, you do the marriage counseling, you know, you try all this stuff. It doesn't work. You know, life's too short. I really want to be happy. 
Well, what if before yeah. they, you know, filed divorce papers, what if they explored something like this? I mean, I think that's a great what if, like what if, because I, I mean, I do believe that most people want to retain the relationship and that there's some, you know, effects of this is a disposable society. If you don't like something, get rid of it. There's instant gratification. And yet there's something about the investment in a relationship and taking it to, you know, the long haul of like, this is something that's worthwhile for me and hopefully for you. And when it comes to sex and sexuality, it does take this level of, like I mentioned before, courageousness and vulnerability to really, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I want something better. I don't know how this will work out and I want something better. And I, I'm, you know, I'm 50, I'm 40, I'm 60, I'm 30, and I feel like I should know. And I don't, but I want to be a better lover. I want to be a better level to, lover to you. Those are really vulnerable statements. And it takes an investment of time and energy and money and resources. And really the biggest piece is vulnerability. I'm stepping into the unknown and it may get a little bit messy. Yeah. But it's worth it. I believe so. Yeah. Because I find that if we... We have the same problem over and over again. If we don't solve it with or resolve it with one person, it just comes up again. And so it's just really a matter of, are you going to work on it here or are you going to work on it in the next relationship? Right. So it, it, it comes up <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and how worth it is it, you know, and, and I really, I really do think that, you know, when you, when you love somebody, you fall in love, you can always get back to that place depending on, <laughs> certain other issues that may have happened in, in the relationship, obviously, but yeah. you know, it, it's definitely worth it. it. It's, it's a lot harder to get divorced than it is to get married. <laughs> True thing. I do see that. Yep. <laughs> it's not easy. I've been there, done that. That's it. And then I, and I actually got remarried too. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no I, I told my husband, I was like, you know, it was like oil and vinegar with my first husband and we were married for 20 years. I'm like, if I could put up with him for 20 years, I think, you know, we got married when I was 50 and I'm like, so by then I'll be 70 and like, what's the point of getting divorced at that point? So I, so I can definitely give you 20 years if, if not more. <laughs> Why not? Let's do this. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I know. I mean, it's it's amazing, and we have such a. It's yeah. It's off the charts. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think second marriages or uh, alternate. You know that that next time around, I think people when they've reflected, they have more insight on what it is that they want to create and how they need to show up to create it, yeah. and who they need to be in order to make that happen. Um, that I find that there's a lot less blame, a lot less victimization but really a lot more taking responsibility for what it is they're creating in the relationship, which is a beautiful thing about maturity. Well, yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> this has been such an interesting conversation. I'm sure there's a lot more that we haven't talked about, but is there anything else that you would like to share before we finish up? Uh, what would I like to share is that I love people's questions. I often host YouTube 
videos, just providing information based on the questions that I receive. So if you're interested in sharing some questions, if you want to deepen into this conversation, check out my YouTube channel, Rediscovering My Body, and watch some of the videos. And I'd like to host a video based on something that you're asking me. So let me know what's on your mind. That's great. Tara, thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you're doing. We, I, oh, I don't think pleasure. you have a whole lot of competition out there, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Let's see. Hopefully that'll change, right? <laughs> Take care. You too. Thank you. What a great conversation. And I certainly hope that you heard one thing that resonated with you that, that will help you in some way. So thank you so much for listening today. As always, I hope that you and your family are safe and healthy and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness.